0: And welcome back. I'm Arlene Bunn and in for Jeff MacArthur. Earlier, as I began the Jeff's part of this afternoon we've had together, I played a clip of President Zelensky speaking this morning to the United Nations Security Council. And he did it again, and he references using these images that we keep we keep seeing, and we have been told today in some of the reporting to brace for more as the Russians leave certain areas. A war is hell and war is ugly and it is traumatizing. The images we are seeing though of are not just accidental civilian conflict. There are people with their hands tied behind their backs and there is some analysis that this may be part of the war for Vladimir Putin wanting us to see those things, wanting the people of Ukraine to see what is possible. We are joined by retired Colonel Michel Drapeau, Professor Faculty of Law at the University of Ottawa. Thank you for being here. Welcome. We do know. We know the the rules of, of war, and it has been weeks since war crimes have started to be discussed, and not just by those who are looking specifically at the military, but even by members of NATO, including the President of the United States of America, and other countries here. It seems that these have changed the war technically and emotionally. Michel de Rappau, how? Are Are you viewing this within the normal, ugly boundaries of
1: war? This is uh, contrary to every uh, law that has been passed at the international level in the past two centuries. I mean, I see things that we haven't seen during the Second World War. Um, I mean, there are laws of war. There is is a a number of international conventions to which Russia is a signatory of it. I'm alluding to the Geneva Convention. There's also the uh, Nuremberg Tribunals, which set up a also a system of law following that concerning the leadership and, and the type of orders that they can provide. Uh, there is national laws and convention. We have some in Canada that defines genocide, crimes against humanity and war crimes. And, it's Russia so far, are almost checked every one of the boxes. On the genocide, uh, it's defined as killer, killing members of a group or causing serious bodily arms to members of the group or deliberately inflicting on the group condition of life calculated to bring about its physical de- destructions and so on. Crime against humanity covers murder, and we've seen instances on our television set yes. yesterday when somebody and more than one with their hands and, 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 and legs tied and being shot in the back of the head, uh, it's called extermination. We've also heard about uh, deportation of, uh, of Ukrainian uh, to Russia, which is, again, uh, it's a crime against humanity. Forcible transfer of population, deprivation of medical care, of other necessity of life. We've seen that. We've seen reports of rape uh, and basically uh, the disappearance of person, and, and so on. I mean, the list goes on under the crime against humanity. If we go to war crime, um, the list is even longer. Uh, willfully causing suffering and serious injury to body or health, the extensive destruction of property, not justified by military necessity, mm-hmm. and carried out unlawful, unlawfully and wantedly, and, and so on and so on, and so forth. We've seen that just a sheer destruction of cities and more than just cities, hospitals, maternity wards, church, um, places that have been identified as being uh, protected under the Red Cross, um, other places where children were supposed to be housing mm-hmm. there. I mean, there is such a and it monte- looked like it was
0: deliberate, even towards children at and first. Looked like it was
1: deliberate. Yeah, the purpose is to create fear and, yes. uh, and to create, you know, a, a failure to continue to fight and to. I mean, it's. I uh, said, I've never seen it. in meant be history. We may have seen this in the Middle Ages on some battlefield, but certainly not to the degree of the Not spring. in our times. Let me and ask the- you, this is a
0: test. This is a, We've used that word right from the beginning. It was a test for NATO. Vladimir Putin thought it was weakened. He he got a different message. It's been revitalized. So then now, what does NATO, what do we do about it? The question as you go through all these violations, it's clearly not been lost on all, all the allies, part of NATO, as they, they look at the situation. But then we say, how do we stop it? What do we do? What are you thinking here as you as you make these observations that are taking us to a place where we have not been in our lifetime before?
1: Yeah, the time will come, and I don't know if we're there, but I think we're getting close to it, where NATO has the moral obligation, if not the legal obligation, to act, the obligation, in fact, to intervene in order to defend the values which we're trying... in independently and, and indirectly try to protect and defend by providing weapons and so on. but that's not enough because obviously what we saw yesterday those were places that had been occupied by Russian forces and where civilians abound and they have no protection, no uh, you know no support, no uh, uh, no no status as refugees and so on. So I think a time will come. Uh, and we don't have anybody else but NATO. I mean, the United mm-hmm. Nations is impaired by the very law that uh, that provided veto powers to uh, five significant powers, and that includes China and Russia. So, the United Nations cannot, through a Security Council, uh, you know, agree and and act and deploy uh, opposing forces. So it leaves. With, uh, with NATO, which is mm-hmm. uh, located in, of course, in Europe and so on, to ultimately uh, to come up with a, you know, a decision, collective decision to say, we need to do something. We cannot just allow this to take place and put on the shoulders of Afghan the task of defending against this out-of-control enemy force and nation, uh, because it's, it's a Russian nation that is at it at the moment, and we need to put a stop to it. And this is a matter of time. But I think all eventually, it's either one or two options. I do need to intervene or Russia, in fact, I've seen the light of the day and and is is now incapable because it has suffered a significant loss on the battlefield, uh, impossible to continue. I do because of, I hate to say the term, but the regime change or something happened internally that provides Putin in fact, uh, the lack of support he desperately need from his nation uh, in uh, the political support I'm referring to. Yeah. But ultimately, right. I think we are at the decision point and that cannot come any, I, I know, uh, too soon.
0: All right. We're prepared and we're breathless there as you go through the list and you go through what we're all thinking. We're all thinking those things, whether you're a president, a prime minister, a, a leader of a, a NATO country or just the rest of us. Retired Colonel Michel Drapeau, professor, faculty of law, University of Ottawa. Thank you. We appreciate it. very much. Thank you. And there we have, tugging the moral. And I don't know about you, but I had chills there as I'm listening to him. We have some decisions to make. Short break, and we still have more for Jeff MacArthur. I'm Arlene Bonham.